You know we had to do it again, right? We had to do it again, right? Uh, I want you to sing to these ladies, man. Oh, oh, oh. So I'm on first. You're fine when I know what you got in mind tonight. Got me feeling like you to see, girl. I can't leave you alone. Take a shot of this here patron, and it's gonna be on. VIP, then got way too crowded. Oh, baby. Mm, how's that for a throwback cut for you? Ooh, Usher, Little John, and Ludacris. Man, oh man, those are the days. Uh, yeah, you guys will get that one by the end of the show here. Believe me. Um, yeah, thank you guys for joining us here on an earful in the Emerald City. Um, episode number eighty-five here, you guys. Eighty-five, still hard at it. Kidding, ever so close to that century mark that doesn't really mean anything. Um, yeah, thank you guys for being here. We got a good show for you. Um, we got a good show. Not a not a great. You know, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to manage expectations here for once. You know, see if we can under promise and over deliver i think we can definitely do it here uh got a great guest for you guys in-house joining me in studio is a great guy a great comedian and a good certainly a good friend of mine uh becoming better these days mr brady sequels in-house with me you guys brady sequels here uh i hope you guys enjoy our chat here guy came all the way down from bellingham to do the show uh guy's got a lot of heart you know he's a guy that gets out there and hustles bellingham that's like for you guys that don't live around here that's like that's almost like that's almost like got territory you know like the great white north up there you'd say so uh yeah uh, i had a lot of fun though and uh hope you guys enjoy listening to it uh thanks guys credit union that's the way to go yeah that's the way to go the big banks they're just they're such assholes yeah you know you you just know that the guys sitting in the boardroom up there Mm -hmm. are just the slimiest hair slicked back i like to slick my hair back but um (laughs) i know you know i know i'm a grease ball when i do it and oh man yeah it's all about those credit unions you know Mm -hmm. you need you need to have that um you need to have that relationship with the yeah, people. You they're know, you totally see invested in the community. It's pretty cool. They do like, you know, a portion of their services or whatever they call it goes back to, you know, like local charities and, and donations and things. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're actually making an impact and not just doing business and saying fuck the community. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it shows you give a shit. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you guys are invested here. Uh, you don't want to give a loan to some guy if you know he's going to default on it in four months. Yeah. You know, it's like that's not, that's not good for anybody. Yeah. You guys, yeah, you make some fees up front, but, uh, uh, yeah, that's definitely the way to go with the credit union. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a BCU guy. I mean, they just they give a shit. You know, <laughs> credit unions they give a shit. <laughs> that should be their that should be their pitch. You know, we actually care somewhat. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a little. We sl- we slightly care. We're you know? somewhat people. <laughs> it's just it's like ten bucks just to have a checking account because you don't have enough money. Yeah, I mean, this is a Louis C.K. bit from way back in the day, but mm-hmm. it's like. You're you're gonna charge me twenty bucks because I didn't have, have twenty money. bucks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and now now I'm negative eight dollars. Yep. It's like, dude, what what the fuck here? You know? Yeah, I used to bank with. I think it was 
Bank of America or something like that. And uh, I left them for that reason because I didn't have any money. And then they were charging me like it was like $13 a day or something because I didn't have any what? money. What? A day? Yeah. It was something like that. And so I didn't have any money and I was waiting for my paycheck. And then I realized that I was getting more in the hole on a daily basis waiting for my like biweekly paycheck. And then by the time I got it, it was all gone. I was like, fuck. <laughs> God, yeah, because the, in- the fucking interest is running the whole time. Yep. Dude, it's like, are you are you guys trying to ruin my life? Yeah. Are you trying to ruin my life? Do you yeah. want me to kill myself? Like, <laughs> give me a break here. Yeah, and that's why I left them. And they were like, oh, can you give us an example or like a reason why you're leaving us? And I was like, because fuck you. Like, I don't have any money. <laughs> yeah. I'm broke because of you motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, you ruined me. My wife <laughs> left me. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, man, it's it's brutal. I I know. And and sometimes they'll let you get away on the, uh, the direct deposit thing. Which, yeah. But it's like... <laughs> Some people are direct deposit like 150 bucks, you know, like, yeah. come on, that, that, that's chump change. Yeah. You know, my, my company, the boss, she's 68, yeah. you know, still, still running the show, but needless to say, she hasn't quite fully embraced technology, <laughs> including the direct deposit, uh, technology that we've had now for 40 yeah, years in the eighties or at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's, uh, you know, I, I don't know, but, uh. Yeah, so it's like I, I can't I can't get down on that, you know. I'm still gonna have to pay that fee unless I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel, which with those credit card payments, uh, <laughs> definitely getting tight a couple times a month. Yep, yep. I felt like a boss today. Actually, I, I told you my my landlord is here. I handed him the check. He's he's actually getting a bid. Mm-hmm. The roof is god awful. It's years behind, and he's getting a bid from this guy. Hand him the check in front of the guy. You know, try to look like a tough guy. <laughs> And then I got to lean over to him. Here you go. Here you go, Frank. Yeah, no, no mention. No mention. Uh, yeah, give, give that till Friday. Give, give that till Friday if you could. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah just, just hold on to it for yeah. me. Oh, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> One of these days. But, yeah, it's uh, it's tough, though, man. It, you know, this, the fees are fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter yeah. what you do. Yeah. It doesn't yep. matter. It's ridiculous. It's like they're going to start char- We're gonna There's going to be a tax for air here pretty soon. For you know? sure. Just clean oxygen. Oh, we got a clean oxygen tax. Yeah, it's expensive to be poor. It is. It is very expensive. That's not to be my poor. line. I read it somewhere. No, I, oh, yeah, <laughs> your eyes lit up. Holy shit, that's amazing. That's not my quote. <laughs> no, it is. It's a very smart person. I've heard that one before, yeah. but it, it. I know it is, and it's like, and not only is it like the not having money, but it's like the mindset mm-hmm. of thinking that you're never going to get out of this mm-hmm. spiral, this just this revolving door mm-hmm. of nothing, of no advancement, of no gains, and just mm-hmm. always trying to catch up, always trying to get back to even. Like That mindset can almost cripple you just as much as that crippling debt can. Mm-hmm. And I've been super, I've been super poor before when I moved out on my own with, you know, a couple of guys, you know, we had like two guys on the lease or whatever for this two bedroom apartment. And we had like eight guys living in it. But, uh, when I first moved out on my own, um, and I had a, you know, just a very minimum wage job and I was, you know, not even full time and just struggling to make ends meet. And, um, you know, I know what it's like to, to count even like 60 cents for like a bagel. And that's like all I'm eating that day is just a, a bagel from the place that I work. Um, and then as I'm starting to 5% do percent over cost. Yeah. Yeah. And as I'm starting and like, I, I worked in a bakery and, uh, so we had like free sample cookies for the kids and I'd go through like a half a box of cookies every day, just eating them myself because I was like, I can't afford any other food. I'll eat just, you know, 50 sample cookies and that'll get me through the day. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. 
and then as I'm starting to you know make a little little more money and, and getting a little more stable uh, financially, it's it's weird that um, you know people just start offering you stuff as your your job starts to get better. You get more free things, and and it gets you know the more money you have, the more people just give you shit, which I find weird. Oh, God. Like yeah. I was like, where was this when I didn't have anything? <laughs> Seriously, yeah. we were just talking about this actually a couple of weeks on the show, but yeah, I think it was either Michael Jordan or Charles Barkley. They're like, once you're rich and you got a shit ton of money, yeah. They just give you everything for free. Yeah. You don't have to pay for nothing. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, just wear it. Just take, yeah. take it around. Yeah. Just snap a couple pictures. Be seen in it. Yeah. Just do a thing. It's like, it's it's so backwards. But but I wonder if, you know, going through those struggles and eating 50 sample cookies as your daily nutritional value. Yeah. It's like, is that just something that we all kind of have to experience for a while to keep us motivated, to push us to that next level, to, to want more for ourselves and to, and to get out of that situation? Is that kind of the fire that a lot of people need? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it definitely put a fire under my ass. Like, Oh, like I, you know, I moved out from my parents' house and I was like, Oh, things are going to be great. Now living with my parents, I was like 17, 18, something like that. And, uh, you know, just the next like two or three years, just dirt poor, couldn't do anything, just go to work, you know, eat a couple bagels, hang out with some friends. Cause I had nothing. Um, but you know, it, it, uh, got me motivated to be like, if I, you know, if I, if I want things, I gotta, you know, figure out how to, how to climb the ladder. And so I'm starting to, um, I've had some, some better and better jobs. So I'm, I'm getting there, but it's just been hard to negotiate. Um, I've definitely lost a bunch of jobs along the way too. That happens, but you get there. (laughs) Yeah, you do. I mean, you just got to fucking just keep your head in the game, you know? And yeah, if you work hard, if you, if you're not a piece of shit, you know, I think that's a big thing. If you're not a piece of shit, (laughs) I mean, honestly, you just, a a lot of it is just showing up, Mm -hmm. just, just show up, just Mm -hmm. be dependable. You know, you can make mistakes while you're here. We don't need perfect. Just, just, just get here. Don't mm-hmm. be 30 minutes late. Don't be an hour late. You mm-hmm. know, like that, that goes a long way. And, yeah. uh, you know, you, you just end up, you show up enough days, you get your face in front of people and, mm-hmm. you know, eventually shit starts happening. But yeah, I think, I think most people, I think they do need to be there though. You need to be at that level of poverty yeah. where you can't deny free food. Yeah. Regardless of what yep. it is. You're like, that does not sound appetizing at all, but, uh, mm-hmm. That price tag is right in my wheelhouse. Yep. And, you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah, you just you use that as motivation. And you say, hey, I definitely deserve better than this, but uh, I better get my shit together. Otherwise, you know, these these sample cookies, yep. they're not they're – not, I don't think they have quite enough vitamin B <laughs> for my daily allowance. Vitamin anything. They just have sugar and Crisco. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> vitamin, not sugar. So – but I don't know, man. I mean, there, there is something to be said, though, about that motivation. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's one of the things I like about this country is the individual liberties we have. You, as a person, are allowed to pursue whatever level of success you think that you deserve. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's going to tell you this is what you have to do. This is this. I mean, yeah, your parents tell you, oh, go to school, you know, this and that. You get a good job, make it better, you know, whatever. Maybe they're right. Maybe they oversimplify it. Who knows? But you know, you get to choose what level of success you want. And it's like, do you want to get up in the morning early mm-hmm. when other people aren't getting up? You know, you want to get up for the bakery at 4 a.m. to Yeah, yeah. started at 3, I had to wake up at 2. Yeah. I never slept when I had that job uh, for like two years. I didn't really sleep. Um, I was talking to this guy one time, and 
he was like asking, you know, just kind of out in public and he's like, oh, what do you do? And I told him about my job and, you know, how hard I was working and stuff. And he said, that sounds awful. And I was like, what do you do? And he's like, nothing. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a free bird. I'm not really a worky jobby kind of guy. <laughs> like worky, nobody's a worky jobby kind of person. Just <laughs> that's what you have to do to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it doesn't come naturally to me. I don't wake up. God, I, I want to go to work. <laughs> Even if I was a worky jer- jer- jerky jobby guy, <laughs> worky, I, wouldn't, jerky job. I definitely wouldn't tell people. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't vocalize <laughs> yeah. that to people. That's not shit you tell just, people for sure. Yeah, I'd just be getting ready in the mirror and be like, oh man, this is going to be great. This is going to be exciting. <laughs> like, what kind, of, what kind of, you're not a big on the English language either, apparently. <laughs> Worky jobby. Yep. It's, dude, and it's like, you know what? I, I, I've been there. Okay, I had that point in my life that in my, probably my mid-20s, you mm-hmm. know, for a couple of years where I wasn't unemployed, but I wasn't really working. Mm-hmm. You know, it was always very spotty. It was hit and miss. There was two, three month periods sometimes where I wasn't mm-hmm. doing shit. And it's like, I mean, there's a, there's a certain amount of freedom that mm-hmm. goes along with that. No question. For sure. There definitely is. You know, I mean, if you have any money, you'll be fine. But if you don't have any money, you still have the freedom to do whatever you want that doesn't cost money. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's not a lot of self-worth to be found in doing that, you know, and you just kind of, you're always questioning yourself. You're always thinking, I mean, it's easy, but is this, is this the right thing to be doing right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, and that's tough to live with. Yeah. I've always never, I've never had enough money to, if I lost a job, been able to take it easy. I'm like, well, I gotta find another job right now because there's, I don't have a cushion to last me more than a week. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you keep this thing moving. Exactly. So, and that's, to come back, you know, to bring the conversation back to me because it's all about me. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, when you get the credit card debt. It's like you're paying that money off. It's like, and it's like, yeah, you're not, you're not really setting that little thing aside mm-hmm. for yourself. I mean, I mean, once you get that debt paid off, then hey, you'll be in that routine, and it's like, oh yeah, just make that 150 go over there for you, or 200 mm-hmm. bucks, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, if the situation isn't just right, it's it's tough to do that, and and you know, you're not alone. I mean, that's the thing too. Like we don't, nobody thinks about this, but there's probably like 30 to 40% of the population who are in that exact same boat. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe some of them got higher expenses than you. Maybe mm-hmm. they're putting out five, six grand, seven grand a month, mm-hmm. you know, but, but yeah, they're it's still one, paycheck to one paycheck. two paychecks behind and yep. this could be a catastrophe. Toast, yeah. And that's, and that's what scares me about the economy right now, man. You know, it's like, there's a lot of people in that situation and man, if things change just right. Yeah. That's yeah. I saw something that said like, it's like, 50 or 60% of Americans can't afford a, um, you know, just like a, a $1,000 healthcare cost, you know, yeah, you, you like break your leg or payment. something. Yeah. They can't just afford that out of the blue. Even folks that are making a ton of money, they don't have anything set aside. They're making, it and they're spending it. So they yeah. don't have that, that cushion at all. It, and, and, and that shit happens. And like, you know, even with Obamacare, like the deductibles mm-hmm. on that shit are sometimes huge. Like that's like a catastrophe insurance that's like you know worst case scenario things oh i got it uh (laughs) things just completely you know something huge happens to you and it's like okay well you know you're gonna still be coughing up like five grand for the deductible because we spent like 50 grand on you so and it's like people still can't even come up with that like Mm -hmm. you got the coverage you got the health you know everybody's supposed to be covered but even people can't make that happen you know Mm -hmm. and yeah, you just oh man, see this is the kind of shit that keeps me up at night. You know, you're you're staying up because uh, you gotta start baking donuts at three a.m. in the morning. But. Yeah. No, you. Uh, I gotta say though, man, you. Uh, you know, I know 
you've probably gone along the same path as me a little bit as far as that goes, especially with the work history. But, uh, you know, you, you, you're definitely a guy that has a lot of hustle. You know, you get out there and you do it. I mean, shit, you know, so people don't know he's, he's from Bellingham. If you guys aren't familiar with the area, uh, it's what are we talking? 65 miles north of here. It's, it's, it's (laughs) South Canada. Yeah. (laughs) It's South Canada, but yeah, it's, it's a long ways away. And this guy made the trek, you know, and, and, and he's willing to put in the time and, uh, you know, put in that legwork. And again, I think, I think we just, you have your, you have a part of your career where that's just what you're doing all the time, you know, and hopefully you're young enough that you still have the energy that you can make that happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, you're putting that chunk in where that that's just your life and you're doing that all the time and you're like, fuck, hopefully this won't be forever. But yeah, it takes uh, an hour and a half if there's no traffic to get down here. So I I don't free and clear an hour and a half. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's best case scenario. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, if I can get, uh, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, uh, hopefully at least, but you know, 10 minutes on a show or whatever. Um, I, I love coming down and just, that makes my drive worth it. Um, it goes, I mean, it takes an hour and a half each way, but for me, I'm, I'm either looking forward to doing, doing the show or I'm driving back and just like, you know, listening to my audio recording like 10 times over, like, yeah. oh, could, you know, you know, make that better, like tighten that up. That was, that was a solid delivery on that, but just, you know, uh, on the way down, it's just like listening to past sets and on the way back up, <laughs> listening to the one I just did. So Yeah. yeah. That, why? So you're going over old ones when you're on your way down sometimes? Yeah. 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 I got like, I don't know, all, pretty much almost every set I've ever done audio recorded really? on my phone. So Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Even if I just skip back a few months, um, you know, and, and see, you know, like a sudden uh, a jump in progress that was gradual. But if I go back, you know, four months and I'm like, oh. That there, there's that joke that I still tell, but it was a lot shittier back then. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh that that is very valuable. Um, it certainly is. That's that's impressive that you got them all down. I uh, I, I definitely try to do that as much as possible. But um, man, listening to them sometimes it's like if I fucking hate dick, I'm like. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to listen to that thing. Yeah. I don't. Want, I don't want to hear that shit. Yeah. It was bad enough experience in it. Yeah. I got. I got uh, stuck in a rut. Um. Of I had uh, a decent amount of material that I was comfortable with, and enough to I could hit some mics and do different sets, different combinations of this material that I knew I was gonna that was gonna go well. Um. But then I got comfortable in that, and I was like, I need to write some, you know, some new stuff because I'm getting bored. And but I didn't want to because I was like, I know this will go well. I don't want to try new stuff and that fear. But eventually, I was like, fuck it. So I've been running um a bunch of new stuff recently. It's been going for the most part pretty well. There's been some duds, but yeah, it's yeah. been fun. It's been good to see that. There's a difference between running material that you know will is is going to work is going to fly and then like running stuff that you're like oh, I'm not sure which way this is going to go and just kind of riding that fine line of yeah. like like surfing a wave and you're like oh it's working <laughs> mm-hmm. trying to find the momentum and yep. just run with it yeah that's and that was that's always been tough for me is yeah when you make that decision when you you know you're hammering that joke down you're like I got to get this down you know mm-hmm. I got to do this a shit ton of times so mm-hmm. I'm going to eventually hate this joke but I got to <laughs> I got to hammer it in I got to fine tune it when do you get to that point where you say, okay, I've got it figured out. And then what do you do at that point? You're just not going to do that unless it's a, a, a showcase or a bigger show or yeah. I mean, I'm it's just off to, the, off the open mic rotation. I mean, if uh, my kind of rule of thumb is, so we have one, uh, Gaffongham up in Bellingham, uh, every Monday night. And, 
uh, I've been running mostly there a lot of new stuff recently. And, but if I know it's like, you know, maybe one or a couple people, uh, in front of me, just kind of, um, you know, cool the room off or whatever. And I'm like, I gotta, you know, gotta get it back. I'll, I'll fall back on stuff that I know will do well. Cause there's, there's enough, it's a college town. So there's enough rotation of audience that, there's some regulars, but there's going to be a lot of new people there. Yeah, the majority. Yeah, yeah probably so, won't have heard it before. Yeah, so I, you know, kind of throw out some of my old stuff and get the room back. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a lot of it's a lot of rotation in that room anyway. So even even new stuff, even if it's not that great, tends to it, it's a good audience to run. Like, is this funny? Can this be salvaged or tweaked? Or like, oh, that's garbage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This. That's that's kind of half the fun, in my mm. opinion. You know, is kind of you know seeing the reaction, yeah, and kind of doing it here, doing it there, listening to some of the audio, mm. seeing where you can you know get it a little bit better and stuff. That is almost kind of half the fun because mm-hmm. it's something you feel like you you have control of. You mm-hmm. know, you can kind of change the scenario for yourself and kind of maybe change the odds and maybe do something that maybe some of those other guys out there aren't doing, aren't taking into account too. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, when you do have that recording and you get that, get that good reaction or, or you get that spontaneous joke that just fucking went over well. Mm-hmm. Like you listen to that shit. You're like, yeah, I'm going yeah. to listen to that 10 yeah. times in a row. You know, yeah. like your favorite song, you know, even though it's like, okay, well, you, you know, that was the, that was a one-time flash, you know, it's, yeah. it, you can't even recreate that even if yeah. you wanted to, yep. but exactly. So it, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting, but it's definitely something that, you can certainly mine some value out of. And I mean, again, why not? Yeah. You were talking on, and I'm not sure if another one has come out. I think it was the last, uh, episode of this, but you're talking about, um, just the, Oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, and you didn't even smoke. I know. Right. <laughs> I don't know where I was going. With what that. were we talking about on the last one? Jamie, it was about, uh, that was with the big guy, Jamie. Yeah. He was on last week. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, I should probably address this, you know, since it was supposed to be. Um, we were supposed to, this episode was supposed to be recording, a live recording from the show that he did. And uh, unfortunately, because I'm trying to grow up and become an adult and maybe become somebody's husband someday, I had to work late that day. And so I uh, couldn't make it out to the show, unfortunately. It went pretty well. I think they had a pretty good turnout. Uh, so I heard a couple people um, who heard from the show came out. So, uh, yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed that. But um, it didn't happen, unfortunately. But, you know. So that was the one where the Tacoma folks came up? Yeah. That, those yeah, are, was, those that, are some funny folks. I've been around and I've, I've seen, a, I think all of them perform. They're, they're good. I think uh, Tacoma is just enough of a rough city that <laughs> yeah. it kind of produces a little bit of comedy. You yeah. Know? I think, you know, it's a, those adverse situations, you know, it's the... It's Mike Tyson living in a bad neighborhood and mm-hmm. getting the shit kicked out of him all the time, which mm-hmm. you know makes him a great fighter. Turns him into a great fighter because he had to fight for his freaking life. Yeah, you know. So it's like there's some there's some good stuff coming because there's there's some rough neighborhoods down there. Yeah, like you don't you don't hear about it. Like they keep it on the DL, but uh, yeah. yeah, there's some neighborhoods where there's there's some gunshots on a weekly basis. Yeah, you know. Um. You were talking about, I think in the last podcast about, um, you know, just kind of hustling and, and finding different, um, 
I guess, situations or venues to, to put your, uh, put, you know, your jokes into. And I found, um, a lot of value in that just kind of taking any show, um, that comes up. I've done, uh, churches, uh, because of Jamie, I did that water park. I've done <laughs> pizzerias. I've done, I did a vegan cafe in Everett to like 10 people. Um, uh, but you know, just putting yourself in different situations, especially with the, you know, you can be as raunch as you want in this situation. Contrast. Now I'm, I'm at a church and you have to be super squeaky clean. Mm-hmm. Um, but just kind of, you, you can run some of the same material and then also you have to have that. Oh, I can't tell that joke there. That's, that's not going to fly. Yeah. But it's kind of cool being able to, uh, I take them because it, it puts me to the test of like, you know, I agree to the show and then I go, fuck, how am I going to do that? Um, but, uh, you know, just like figuring out what's going to work for an audience, what isn't going to work. How can you tell, you know, how can you tweak a joke that wouldn't work for that audience? I did a, um, I did 20 minutes. I was like the, the feature act at, um, Miss Whatcom County 2017. (laughs) Uh, it was a bunch of like high school students and like, their grandparents and <laughs> I was like this is, oh god I don't know why I agreed to this and it had to be like clean like 20 minutes and I've never done more than like five minutes clean <laughs> oh yeah and I agreed to it but um it's just fun like that challenge of like okay what material do I have that if I tweak it and make it clean can work and then when you're running that new stuff on the spot you come up with new tags and stuff that yeah. because you force yourself into that situation where you're like okay now I have to figure out something from here and yeah. then you come up with new tags and shit it's good yeah maybe that clean tag is maybe is actually yeah. the one that hit a little harder yeah. you know and that's the one to go with so yeah, yeah it just it makes you a more balanced comedian exactly you know you can deal with any kind of crowd I mean mm-hmm. A lot of people these days, they get in these echo chambers, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's their real life, whether it's their family, their personal life, mm-hmm. whether it's their comedy, whether it's their friends on Facebook, like you get locked in these echo chambers and you start just dealing with people that think the exact same way as you. Mm-hmm. And then you start thinking that everybody thinks the exact same way as you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, you got to get out of that comfort zone, you know, and got to do those different things. And even when you go to a show like that, like you're thinking, oh Jesus Christ, what the hell am I gonna? I mean, old old people and in, in high school girls, like, yeah, they, they don't they don't give a shit what I have to say, you know. Yeah. But then you end up doing it, and yeah, like you said, maybe you tweak something a little bit, maybe you get a new tagline, mm-hmm. and afterwards you're like, you're happy that you did it, yeah. Like it, it it's a good experience mm-hmm. in the long, you know, it's just that build up to it is yep. just kind of nerve wracking. Yeah. You're like, oh fuck, you know? yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, <laughs> Miss Whatcom County 2017. It was in, like, the Elks Lodge out in the middle of nowhere. They had, Very like, classy establishment. Yeah, <laughs> they had, like, you know, all their all their Elks Lodge founders all the way back to, you know, 1902 on the wall. Um, all, all their pictures, it changes hands every two years or something mm-hmm. like that. A couple and, of Illuminati members yeah, up there. Yeah, and, like, a moose on the wall. Yeah, and Yeah, yeah it was nuts. <laughs> Weird place. <laughs> Did the show go good, though? Yeah, it went It went good. It it. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. And I was like, whatever, I'm just going to, I prepared 20 minutes clean. Some of it I've never run before. We'll see how it goes. And they enjoyed me. It was yeah. a weird, weird show, weird environment that, you know, were you school. the first, were you like the first person to go up or was there like a, a host or there was, um, a host. It was the gal who had won Miss Whatcom County, um, you know, a couple months previous and she's kind of putting on this like fundraiser show. Um, for local charities and things, but it was, uh, there was like some, you know, seven year old dance girls troupe, um, 
and then like a tap dancer who was like 11 years old and then they had like someone some gal come out and sing and then it was like and now a comedian doing 20 minutes and i was like everyone else just did like three minutes and now i have to entertain people for 20 i'm like oh fuck i gotta go on after the tap dancer yeah so twinkle toes over there how am i gonna follow a tap dancer oh god i know that's brutal jesus that's that's interesting but but yeah hey you throw yourself in there and I mean, yeah, I, I firmly believe that if you just, you know, make yourself do it, you're going to have to find a way to come out of it, uh, you know, at least alive. So uh, you just find a way, way to make it work. So it's good. Yeah. Man, Miss Whatcom County, I, uh, when I was back in high school, I took part in, it's like a, it's like a male beauty pageant, basically. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a joke, to be honest, more than anything, you know, yeah. but uh it's like a Mr. Boffle. That's the school I went to. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so this competition of, you know, the, I guess the, the coolest hunk of them all or whatever, the you know, I don't, I don't know what you, what you're looking for out of a high school kid really at that point, <laughs> but, uh, all the wrong things. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so I did, I ended up, uh, doing that show and, you know, I didn't, I didn't have really any talent back then. Like, I mean, I still don't to be honest, but, <laughs> but, uh, I didn't have a talent, so you know, I just did. Uh, I just did end up doing a juggling set, which was yeah, legit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it went over fine, you know. But uh, man, looking back, I'm like, dude, I should have just fucking wrote like eight or nine minutes of jokes. Like, yeah. why didn't I just? I, I'm sure I could have got a couple things to make some people laugh there. Yeah. You know, would have gone over. And I'm and I'm going up against like all the the football jocks and yeah. shit, you know. So it's like, pff, already they they got one up on me just just for that alone, you know. But. Uh, Man, those girls, they go through a lot, you know. I have some empathy for them after that. But yeah. actually, I was cracking some jokes, though. You know, they had the, the cheerleaders, like, come on stage with us and, like, introduce us and stuff. And I was, you know, I made a couple of jokes about the ladies. I was like, some lovely ladies out here, you guys. <laughs> and, you know, I got a couple of laughs off the bat. So, you know, it, was, it worked out pretty well. And, that, and, my, and the lady that was running the teacher, she actually, like, I was, I was the first one out. Yeah. I guess... I guess the crowd wasn't too impressed with my extreme juggling skills, you know, but, uh, I was the first one out, but then she took me in the back and she's like, you know, you were really, you were really comfortable on the mic there, you know, you might be on the sound. And I was like, oh yeah, well, thanks for that compliment. And (laughs) I'm not going to do anything about it for the next 10 years. Uh, but I appreciate it. Save it. Hold on to that compliment. Yeah. I'll I'll just wait until I'm bored, you know, on the couch. It's fucking my late twenties and. Yeah, maybe I should. Maybe I should do what Miss Crump was telling me to. Maybe, maybe it's about time. After all these years, maybe it's time. You yeah. know, maybe I just need to let it marinate for a decade, <laughs> and then go pursue it. Boom! Thank you, Miss Crump. Yeah, yeah. That one took a while, but you know, you were on third level, so it's like, yeah, what a fucking idiot. That was awesome. <laughs> and some, I was younger too. I, uh, I was in a play. We did, a, we did a play like second or third i think probably second grade Mm -hmm. and uh so you had to remember some lines dress up in a suit kind of act it out i don't know why there's only like four or five kids that (laughs) got chose yeah out of the whole grade you know which i mean this is this is grade school so it's not like there's like three or four classes of like 25 kids but um yeah i was like one of like four or five kids picked and so i played the little red wagon in the christmas tale nice i was like but i'm looking back i'm like what why did they what was it about me? Like, what the hell? They choose me. Like, there was like a, a, a smart Asian kid, and then like the the white girl who you know tries way harder than she needs to, you know. And I was like, how do I even fit in with these people? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know, he's he's gonna be more of a dark character. Yeah. So we need somebody with a like a rugged past, you know. Uh, 
a dark CD past, but I never, I wasn't in plays and stuff in, in grade school. Um, but I mean, I was like twice and I always played the bad guy for some reason. <laughs> we had a church play. I grew up going to church, uh, super heavily, but, um, we had this church play like nativity scene or something like that. Um, one year and I ended up being the Pharaoh who's the bad guy who's mm. telling Moses's people he can't leave Egypt. And so I was just, I got to run around on stage and shake my fists at God and everyone else and just, you know, be the bad guy. Um, and yeah. then in high school we had a, uh, not high school, grade school. We had this, um, you know, some sort of class play where it was like our class wrote it and put it on and traveled around to the other classrooms, like in the portables and did this like five minute play for everyone. And I was like King George again, not letting the people leave the (laughs) land. And, uh, I took this, like got shot or something was how we wrote the play. And so I like took a bullet and every classroom we went into, I do this, like, you know, take the bullet and do this huge fall onto like these portables had these concrete floors and I just go for it, like throw myself on the floor and everyone like applaud. Yay. I'm like fourth grade, just like taking dives for my art, (laughs) (laughs) for my, for my art, for my art. I'm King George. Believe it, (laughs) man. Quite, quite the tyrant, Brady. <laughs> yeah, I quite guess. the tyrant. Jeez, did they rain down frogs on you? No, no, they no. Didn't. Oh, come on, that would have been a good effect. Get some little origami yeah. frogs yeah, and just have them. Yeah. yeah, and just have them. You yeah. know, the plagues down there. Yeah, exactly. That. Why? <laughs> Why must you forsake me? Yeah. <laughs> God, that's crazy. So, so you were telling me about this earlier. How do you? How does your? You know, you you have a pretty religious past. I mean, yeah. I mean, was it? Was it? Was it forced upon you or was it just like, well, if you're going to live in this house? Yeah, it was, it was kind of how, you know, this is how you look at the world if if you're born in my family. Uh, very, uh, my parents were very conservative, um, very, very Christian. And like I was telling you earlier, my mom always had this um, kind of negative, heavy, um, I feel like, um, approach uh, or, you know, what she was receiving from uh, her religious beliefs was more of a, a heavy tone. It wasn't the um, encouraging, uh, positive, you know, get you through your day and everything's, you know, roses and sunshine um, because Jesus is on your side. It was, you know, um, if you're, you know, if you're having fun, you're probably sinning and you need to sit down and, <laughs> you know, cry and weep and ashes and sackcloth and think about what you're doing with your life. Um, but so I just always came from this very, um, you know, sheltered, repressed side of things growing up. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a really interesting way of looking at things. I mean, I think that was obviously pretty common, you know, back a while ago. Yeah. Probably not so much anymore, but it's like, why why do we, why do we feel bad all the time? You know, shouldn't, shouldn't we be trying to feel good? You know, shouldn't we, I mean, as long as we're not, you know, doing anything too seedy to get to that point? Shouldn't we just try to feel good about ourselves? You know, I mean, I understand I'm somebody, I I try to stay active at the gym and I understand that like part of being an adult and part of being a person who grows is, you know, going through some suffering and putting yourself through a little bit of pain and and punishment, you, you know, at times when you need it, you know, and on your own accord, because then at least when other people want to be involved, they don't get to choose that for you. But just to have that weighing over you, like constantly all mm-hmm. day when you yeah, live your I remember, life. Yeah, I remember just like being, you know, like eight or whatever and just thinking about like, oh, I can't do that because then I'll go to hell. Like, and it was just, it was such a, you know, uh, thing that permeated every aspect of my life. 
um, when I was a kid. It, it you know it freaked me out for the longest time. Um, yeah. yeah, I yeah I know, and you know I was telling you I've kind of I've kind of come around recently. I've, I've had a lot of major changes as far as like how I look at the world and stuff in the last mm-hmm. few years, you know, and uh, religions definitely one of those things and I've, I've come around to it a little bit. I mean, I could see the purpose of it in a lot of people's mm-hmm. lives again, like, like what you're stating the kind of more old school, tr- more traditional. I don't know about that, but you know, just appreciating mm-hmm. the f- insanity that this world that we have been blessed to live in is mm-hmm. like, just yeah. this is, you know, and I think that's what a lot of, church these days is like isn't this amazing Mm -hmm. like look at this this is incredible it's making you more grateful more appreciative of life and going out and you know uh giving that joy to other people i say go for it um because you know that's what you should be doing with your life but if it's you know negative then you probably don't need it (laughs) yeah exactly and it's like and that stuff's like motivating too you know it's like the opposite like we're talking about being poor like it's it's the exact opposite of that you know when you start feeling good about yourself and feeling good about, you know, what you're doing and, and, and doing things because you know, they make you a good person, mm-hmm. you know, and that kind of has a momentum to it too. And that builds on itself and, you know, it just kind of starts going and going. And, and, it, and I don't want to say, you know, Oh, everybody should feel great all the time. hundred percent. It's like, no, the, obviously there's stuff that you should feel bad about, especially, you know, if you're not living a healthy life, mm-hmm. if you're, you know, being destructive, if you're using drugs and alcohol, you shouldn't feel good about that. You know, maybe maybe it feels good while you're doing it, but, uh, you know, you should at least, we should at least be striving to have that joy. And like you said, that appreciation. And if we appreciate how great this life is, you know, I think more, more than not, we're going to try to enjoy it to the fullest yeah. to capitalize on that the most that we can. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I like, yeah, I don't, I don't have any, um, resentment, um, I guess towards religion. It was, it was a huge part of my life. And I think it, you know, as a kid kept me out of trouble, I could have gone down some, some bad paths. I feel like, um, just given my, my tendencies and, and I have a somewhat addictive nature and things like that. So it kept me out of trouble until I was old enough to, you know, make my own decisions and, and kind of weigh consequences and things like that. So for that, I'm grateful, um, but, um, and, and I do know, um, folks, I'm actually f- friends with a, uh, he's a priest in the, uh, Episcopalian church, um, up in Bellingham and he's one of the coolest guys I know. Like he's super into music. Um, he knows like any music, like I'll be out having a beer with this priest and he's like wearing his priest collar and he calls it like pub theology, which just means you go out for beer with a priest and chat about whatever. Okay. But, um, like, so like a song Pub came theology. on. Yeah. Uh, a song came on while we were out at this bar and, uh, it was like three chords in and I was like, I, what is this? I know this song. And he's like, Oh, it's war pigs by black Sabbath. And I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> like, you, you know this song? And then right after that, um, uh, the mom's spaghetti song by Eminem came on and he just started like rapping it just word for word as fast as Eminem. And I was like, damn. So what? yeah. Like, I don't even think I know that song. Right. <laughs> Jesus. And he knew all the lyrics. Bro. Yeah. But yeah, he's, See, he's super cool. And I feel like he uses his beliefs and his religion in a positive way. He's very involved in the community. He's doing all these positive things. So more power to him for that. Um, so and yeah, I, kind of my take on it <laughs> yeah and 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 i think the community i think is again i think what that's a lot of what people are looking for from religion you know they want 
They want to feel somewhere where they can be comfortable, talk to people, you know, like-minded people, people who just want to do their best and want to live a good life. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that part of, I think that part of church is huge. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that part is huge. I mean, singing songs, not not exactly, not exactly my thing. You know, I I could see a song every once in a while, you know, just, Hey, we're doing this thing as a group. 20 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And we come back and we go back and, you know, it's like, Oh Jesus. But, but, uh, sorry, Lord, I used your name in there, (laughs) but, but I don't, I don't know. It's just, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, Everybody's got their thing. It's just, I think what gets people more than anything is when, you know, Jamie talked about this is with as far as being vegan was, it's like when you're trying to convert people to do things your way, you're like, Oh, this is the way this is, this Mm -hmm. is the path. This is the path to the promised land. You know, this is the Mm -hmm. path to getting skinny. Mm -hmm. This is the path to being strong and fit. You know, this Mm -hmm. is the way it's like, okay, listen, that's fine. You know, if I want to look at you and be like, wow, he's actually, he's, he looks like he's really happy, you know. It looks like things are going good, and then that's one thing. What, what have you been? What have you been doing? Oh, you know, I've been I've been going to this new church. It's really changed my perspective on things. Mm-hmm. That's one thing, but it's like when you're trying to ram it down people's throats, like, hey, yeah. come on, guys, you know, yeah, that's a little much. There's actually this uh, this dude, um, and so up in Bellingham, um, and I think it's a. I'm not sure if this is uh, standard everywhere, but uh, today's like primary election day up in Bellingham voting for like local offices and things like that. And there's this dude who for the last, you know, at least like four years that I've seen him personally, he's probably been around longer, um, but he stands on street corners uh, in Bellingham with these signs that like, you know, God hates you, you're going to hell. And he just yells at anyone who walks past him on the sidewalk, just barking immediately like, you're going to hell for this reason. You're going to hell for that reason. That guy is running for city council. Um <laughs> And, and on paper, he looks legit. Like uh-huh. he looks like, you know, he wants to uh, reduce homelessness and, and he's about equality, whatever that means. It's just a general term. And, uh, you know, on paper he looks good. And so I grabbed some screenshots and some pictures that I've taken over the last couple of years and been like, just so everyone knows this is the same guy. Like, don't let him, tr- like, he looks great on paper, but I want you to know that's the dude. Yeah. And it got shared like 500 times. Like, and he's only like his, his pro campaign page, um, only has like a hundred and some likes or whatever. And my like anti his campaign thing got shared like 500 times. <laughs> so people are like, Oh shit. Like don't vote for him. It went like super viral up in Bellingham. It was pretty funny. But when he's, cha- when he's yelling, God hates you, mm-hmm. does he, does he believe in God? Yeah. Does God hate him? No. Cause he believes in God. So God doesn't hate him. He believes in God. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. But, he's, he's like a pastor of some like, like Westboro Baptist esque church. Uh-huh. And if you make that comparison, he's, he's pretty proud of it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, so God hates you because you don't believe in God. I guess. <laughs> huh. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a bold, you know, that's a bold statement to make. You probably use a little bit of clarity there. But. Yeah. This one time, actually, I was, I was uh, walking down the street with my mom. And again, my mom's very religious and, um, she's kind of come to terms with the fact that I'm less religious these days. And we, we just kind of don't talk about it, but my mom and I were walking down the street a couple of years ago in uh, downtown Bellingham. And this guy was on the corner with his signs. And then this huge gust of wind came up and blew his sign out of his hand and like down the street. And I pulled out my phone and I started taking pictures. And my mom was like, that's rude. 
you can't take pictures. And I was like, sure I can, because clearly that is an act of God. <laughs> the fact that his sign got blown down the street, that is God intervening right there. Yes. That is divine intervention yeah, right there in the form sure. of a nice little guest. Yeah, fuck you, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, cra- that's crazy. Yeah, you can take a crazy person and you know put their accomplishments or whatever, they, what they stand for, blah, 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 mm-hmm. on paper. And it's like, yeah, this person seems legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, yeah, you read, his, you read his description and what he's a, or what he says he's about. And you're like, yeah, why wouldn't you vote for that guy? And I was like, no, don't vote for that guy. <laughs> Please don't. Um yeah, it's 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 a it's a crazy primary year. I mean, I'm pretty sure that we got at least one homeless person running for mayor of <laughs> Seattle this year. You know, I, I don't, I'm not even sure exactly who it is. I just <laughs> I'm pretty sure one of them at least is is a homeless person. Statistically speaking, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Odds are yeah. at this point, you know, odds are that one of them has to be. But no, it's a crazy field. I, I think there's like a dozen people or something, and it's just like. It's like they have different opinions, but sometimes it's so nuanced, you know, because when there's a dozen of them, it's like you can't be that much different than the next guy right, yeah. necessarily. But it's just like, I don't know. It's it's like a it's like a fucking whirlwind, you know, and then you got then you got the whole shit with Ed Murray going on, too. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you don't want to believe it, especially when he's denying the claims. But then it's like, oh, then somebody else comes into the mix, especially when it's like, you know, there was like 20 years that passed and nothing happened no there was no cases no nothing mm-hmm. but uh yeah it's a fucking i didn't honestly i didn't even cast my ballot <laughs> i was like yeah i, I mean i could have rushed home and done it but i was like yeah who gives a shit you i know? filled out my ballot last night at like midnight and dropped it off this morning today was the last day up in bellingham and i dropped it off and i was like cool got yeah. it in the nick of time but yeah so yeah. you so you did vote for God hates you guy. No, right? I voted against him. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, up in Bellingham, it was a huge thing. It was like, you know, vote for whoever, just not him. Vote for there's like for that position. There was two other candidates and people were just going nuts for it. Like vote for anyone but this guy. <laughs> was was he still actively standing out on the corner? No, he, he, to, no, he tried to he tried to get into up, campaign mode. Yeah, he tried to clean up his like public image by being like, you know, distancing himself from that. And people just kept sharing the pictures like, dude, you've been on the street corners every weekend for four years like it's out people know who you we've are we've seen you enough yeah yeah <laughs> you can't fool us just because you shaved your beard and yeah. <laughs> took your coat off that you were wearing in the middle of july yeah and then he started you know going into like people who are you know what he's saying and what he said in in the past what i've said about certain groups which is everybody being hated by god that was free speech but if if you're speaking against me um in my campaign that's you know libel or whatever and i was like no that means like you're spreading false information these are just pictures of you <laughs> like that's not you you don't have any grounds he's like i'll sue everybody and i was like you can't this is just a picture of you <laughs> yeah yeah you're standing on the corner doing right? your thing <laughs> yeah you made it pretty easy to snap a photo of yep. you <laughs> made yourself very seen yep that's that's funny, like, dude. And there's, it's funny though. But sometimes some crazies really slip through the cracks with the local elections. Yeah. Sometimes, yep. I mean, because there's positions that are go uncontested. Yeah. It's like, how did we not have just one, that person? How did we not have <laughs> one person that was like, eh, maybe? Yeah. I'll give Michelle Nakasawa a little bit of a run for money here. You know, it's yeah. like nobody, not one other person. Holy shit. You know, maybe I maybe I should be that crazy guy <laughs> with a beard and yeah. holding signs, telling people that God hates them. <laughs> Actually, but I can I can say that to people because you know 
probably hates me if anybody, to be honest. You know? Probably. I don't even really believe in the, uh, I'm not convinced. Yeah. I'm not convinced. All right. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll leave the door open slightly, but yeah, those local elections. I don't, I don't fucking know. I mean, people <laughs> want to be involved, you know, they want to, they want to say, Oh yeah, it was my guy. I voted for that person that yeah. won. And it's like, I mean, I don't know. I guess, I guess they say that the local ones are more important, but it still feels like it doesn't really. Yeah. Shit. I mean, it, it's going to affect you more on a local level than, you know, than a lot of, uh, or, I mean, most things passed nationally. I think like if, if they make a sudden change locally, you're going to see it quicker than if something comes down from the top, yeah. it might take a while or might not even affect your area. But if they That's make true, a local yeah. change to, you know, whatever laws, it's going to hit you immediately. Namely the sales tax. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. It's funny too. Cause it's like the local, the elections with the mayors and stuff, you know, and it's like, it's like, it's like Bush league of, uh, of elections, you know, like you get the big elections, obviously the presidential elections. Okay. Obviously they're spending the most money. They're getting good quality material and stuff. I saw one guy that was going for mayor. I think his name was like, I think it was like Sam, something Harris, maybe Sam. I don't know. But, uh, the I in his name was a whale's fin. Huh, that's cute. <laughs> I was like, who are you trying to appease here with this? Yeah. Like, who are you trying to convince? The- yeah. Oh, he's into oh, he's into whales. <laughs> he's oh. into the ocean. <laughs> oh, well, I, I like orcas. Yeah. I'm a big fan of orca whale. You know, he seems like a straight shooter. Yeah. Did, like, who are you going for there, man? Was it for mayor? Or is it any position related to ecology mayor. or anything? No, and, and you know and you know what the slogan was for it? What? You know what his tagline was? No new taxes. <laughs> No okay taxes. cool i care about the environment but i'm not gonna tax you guys anymore yeah. like I was, okay. I was just i was bewildered i was like what the hell there's a there's local signs up all around you know for every every candidate running all around bellingham um but there's one i think the candidate's last name is bird and then so in the it doesn't even have a slogan it's just the checkbox where you you know you check the candidate you're voting for and the check mark is a bird with its wings spread and you're like oh that's you know, nice imagery or whatever, and a play on the name. So, you know, if you're if you're swayed it... with your vote by that kind of stuff, <laughs> it's pretty solid. <laughs> How do you like marking boxes? Mm-hmm. Do you like doing it in a patriotic manner? Do I have to draw a bird, though? A full bird in the box? Yeah, that's true. you got to sketch the exact <laughs> yeah. same bird, actually. Yeah. Otherwise, it's Otherwise it doesn't count. Was his, was his name at least on the thing? Y- yeah, it's, you know, uh, I don't remember... Like the last name is Bird, and what's coming to mind is Stephen Bird. He's a Seattle and Bellingham comedian. He's not running for office. It's like <laughs> Joseph Bird or something. But don't vote for him if he is. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder what it would take to get a, a write-in to actually do something. Because because think about that. Maybe if it's like a county thing or something local, it's like man, you might only need like fifteen hundred votes. You yeah. know, just a small amount. You can get you know. Wilt Chamberlain, a city council seat. Mighty Mouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. It's I'm starting to think that that's just a, something to distract us, to make we f- us feel like we have some say in what happens. You know, Maybe. It's all part of the, th- the three-card Monty. You know, hey, where's the Queen of Hearts? Where's she at? Where's she at? You know, it's like, uh... Uh, the guy who's into whales and he won't tax me anymore. Let's go with that one. No more whale tax. <laughs> yeah. Free, free whales, free of taxes. Everybody gets a free whale. <laughs> oh, man. I was watching, uh, speaking of whales, I was watching, I like to watch these GoPro videos, you know, and I feel, especially when I feel down about my life. 
you know, these GoPro ad videos. I'm like, oh man, look at these people who are doing things with their lives. Just like, the commercials. I could be, I could be one of them. Okay. I okay. could be one of these random white people it's, it's scaling <laughs> a mountain. I'm sh- I'm sure. But I was watching one though, and uh, if you guys haven't seen this, check it out. It's it's a short video. It's like less than a minute. It's a guy. He's paddleboarding off the coast. I'm guessing off the Pacific it's coast somewhere. And he's got his GoPro on and a fucking orca whale comes and is like swimming underneath him and kind of like popping its head out and looking at him. And you're just watching the video and you're just like, dude, this whale could completely fuck you up if it wanted to. Yeah. Completely. Like all all I have to do is bump that board. You're in the water. Oh, okay. Let's go down 300 feet. I'm sure he's going to love that. Yeah. You know, it's like blow your eyeballs out. Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's so crazy man i mean those and and the craziest part though is that like the animal kind of just like wants to play it seems yeah. like you know it yeah. seems like he doesn't even like he doesn't even think that in his head even though it's like hey whatever quick meal but he's like eh, let's see what's let's just see what here. this is yeah, you kind of mess around you know and then, he, yeah. and then and then he he was there and then he just takes off yeah but, did you see the one it's like two paddle boarders and one and they're like 10 feet away from each other out in open water. And one is filming the other one. And there's a fucking giant squid right underneath his paddleboard, which like, I don't think they've ever gotten those on film before, but this thing was injured or sick or something. So it came up to the surface uh-huh. and these paddleboarders happened right over the top of it. And it's, it's just kind of, it's on its like last legs and it's not very, you know, there's not much life left in it, but its tentacles are coming up over the paddleboard and just like kind of casually grabbing at the guy and he's like freaking the fuck out. But it's a crazy video. Really? And like I said, those things are, you know, they stay down in the ocean or they wash up dead on the beach. I don't think they've ever been filmed before. Yeah, not really. I mean, yeah, you get a carcass every once in a while. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, we had a big one here. But yeah, yeah it really happens. God, that's crazy. Yes, yeah, it's so scary though. There's just these huge yeah, tentacles is... are coming out of the water, wrapping around his board, and they're not, you know, they're not pulling it under or anything, but they're just kind of like, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Well, and what, and what? Yeah, if he shakes the board, and then you're in the drink, and again, what if one of those goes around your fucking leg? Like, yeah, that shit's insane. I don't. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I'm not really that into paddleboarding as it is, to be honest. But <laughs> I definitely would not do that shit in like salt water, you know, yeah. somewhere with like some crazy animals like that. Yeah. Like, fuck that, dude. Yeah. I, first of all, I don't want to fall in that shit, and and secondly, it's like, no, that that shit's crazy out there. Mm-hmm. You know, again, that whale could just completely fuck you up if it wanted to. Yeah. But, and you know, when it, when it comes to paddleboarding, in my opinion, it's like the joy you get from standing on the water and going, oh yeah, this yeah. looks great. Like that is completely outweighed 10 times over by the enormous hassle it has to be to get that fucking board down to a body of water somewhere. Yeah. That has to be way worse than any joy that is derived from paddling around on standing on the water. Yeah. It's like, that seems like the biggest hassle ever. Those things are gigantic. Yeah. And not to mention they cost like 1500 bucks. Like it's one of those things. It's like, it's like a jet ski. It's like a jet ski. Like uh, our family's own jet ski was before. Jet skis are awesome for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and then it's like, I've, I've done this. I, I don't need to do this anymore. Yeah. It, was, it was cool for a second. You know, like, ah, 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 ah. it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's take it back to shore. Like, it's cool for like 20 minutes. Yeah. And then it's like, I'm the over. first 20 minutes of owning a jet ski are, are magical. <laughs> oh, and after, oh yeah, the, the next 10 years. <laughs> greatest, of, greatest 20 of your life. Greatest 20 of your life. I don't care how good it was conceiving your first child. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's one of those things. I mean, even when you have the convenience, it's like, it was right there. I could go out whenever I wanted. 
I would I would go out for like three or four minutes at a time. Yeah. And I'd be like, okay, come back in. Maybe I'd do that twice in a day. Yeah. You know, it's like. Well, do you remember that uh, Nintendo 64 jet ski video game? Wave, uh, wave rave. Yeah. And you could do like barrel rolls and, yes. and supermans was... and shit. That was awesome. <laughs> it made jet skis look legit for more than 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Way more than 20 minutes. No, dude, those stand up jet skis actually, those, those are legit mm-hmm. because it's actually a challenge. It's actually difficult to do that, you know. There's there, there's no skill involved holding the throttle and doing a 360 or whatever. There's nothing no skill involved to get standing on one of those stand up jet skis though. Like you got to you got to balance yourself, you got to pull yourself up as right. you're going, you know, cuz you have to be going. You can't just stand on it when it's there. It'll just tip right over. <laughs> yeah. You know, so those are actually pretty legit to be okay. honest. But cool. so yeah, if you're going to get a jet ski guys, get the stand up ones. And if you get really good, you'd be one of those guys that like hits the waves and then does like a 360 and this yeah. dives in the water and shit. Those are those are pretty crazy to watch too. But but yeah, it's just one of those things. I have a joke about this, but hey, you're better off just having your buddy get one. You know? Yeah. It's kind of like a hot chick. Like you don't need that. You know, it's it's fun for a little while, but it's too much of a hassle. Just have your buddy get one. Just have your buddy get one. You know? okay. And then there's one around at least. You know, you kind of look good because of it. Like oh, hot people like him. He, yeah, he seems desirable. <laughs> You know, it's way less of a hassle. You don't get to ride it as often, but <laughs> cool. Yeah. Speaking of which, actually, I'm heading out, uh, heading out for a little seafair action this weekend. Oh, let the debauchery begin. Like that's what I need right now, you know. But it's just it's too tempting, though, you know. Yeah. I mean, honestly, with the right amount of beads, you can live like a god out there on the water. <laughs> You're like a god just with the right amount of beads. Yeah. So it's never been so easy for me to actually be somebody that people give a shit about. <laughs> you know? I can be somebody. <laughs> people like me. They want to be around me because I got fancy beads. But now that's to be some debauchery. But honestly, man, I've had some crazy weekends the last couple of weeks. Like, yeah. I should, I, I should probably be jumping on the wagon at this point, to be honest. <laughs> got a little nuts. I had a, I had a four day weekend uh, for the 4th of July. Oh. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah. I'm, I'm going to fucking show some serious patriotism by getting hammered <laughs> for four days <laughs> for four days straight. Yeah. No, I got, I actually got off to a slow start Friday night, Saturday night, kind of a stay in, didn't really do much. So Sunday comes, you know, I didn't do shit on Saturday night. So Sunday comes, I woke up like fucking six 30. I was like, well, I'm going to ma- try to maximize this thing. Cause this never happens yeah. on my own. So got up, got going, you know, got a bunch of shit done, went to the gym, went to the grocery store, all this shit, got a bunch of shit done. Productive day. So the night, so the night came around. And I was like, "Dude, I'm ready to fucking get wasted." You know, I I, I deserve this shit. Okay, <laughs> I deserve this. Ended up hitting my bu- my buddy. He lives down in Seattle. He lives down on, on Capitol Hill, and so we went down, hung out, had some drinks, got a little crazy. I brought a flask too, so yeah, you Hell know. Yeah. <laughs> so like I said, I'm going for it. You know, yeah. I'm fucking charging into battle here, and uh, you know, this shit gets crazy. Night goes on, it gets late. Me and him. We go back to his house to recoup. It's like midnight, you know, twelve thirty. Getting late. We get started at eight, so we're we're pretty deep in here. He's like, he like he recently came out. He's like, hey man. He's like, do you want to go to a gay bar? And I was like, uh, I don't not want to go to a gay bar right <laughs> now. That's for sure. That's let's a good see. answer. Yeah, let's go. So, so we fucking talk. And you know, a, a tip of advice for the listeners here: first gay bar experience. Don't be browning out. Okay, don't be 
around and out, flashing in and out of consciousness. Don't no. Go go there when you're sober. Go there when you're sober. You know. I mean, I, I had the wherewithal to kind of lay back at least, and you know, he was getting in the fray. He was mixing it up. I was like, hey, you know, I don't, I don't know how these guys are gonna react. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay low, put out the vibe, you know, and just sip my beer here. So it gets late. I end up getting separated from this guy. I start talking to some other dude, you know, just shooting the shit, whatever, and uh, end up. It ends up, you know, we're jumping in and out of Ubers and shit. I have these pants with shallow pockets on them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Should have been thrown away years ago. Uh, n- needless to say, shallow pockets. Turns out we're jumping in and out of Ubers and shit and just being a drunken idiot. Lost all my stuff. Oh, shit. <laughs> Phone, wallet, and keys. The whole the whole deal. Oh, damn. Gone. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, shit. Like I, so I'm like kind of wasted. You know, it's like, fuck, I got to formulate a plan here. Get a, Get some kind of plan together, you know, figure this shit out. You know, I could be in, I could be in some serious, I could be sleeping behind a dumpster here in a few yeah. minutes if I don't get my shit together. So, uh, so I'm talking to this guy, you know, he's like, he's heading out and he's like, Hey, you want to roll? You know, I got an Uber and I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. You know, I was like, I get a plan together. Cause I, I lost my buddy. I don't know where he's at. So we ended up going, we're going back to the, go back to this guy's place and we're drinking a beer, chilling. I'm under this like false pretense that our buddy's going to meet us there. <laughs> like this is probably just completely in my head. Yeah. You know, I probably made this up to myself, but uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be here anytime. Oh my God. So we're fucking chilling. We're sitting there and uh, he fires up uh, the TV and he, and he fires up the Netflix. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then it kind of like gets quiet for a minute and he like looks over at me and he goes, so, uh, our, you gonna suck my dick or am I gonna suck yours? <laughs> and I was just like, oh gosh. Just hand on the forehead. Didn't even have the wherewithal to tell the guy that I wasn't gay. <laughs> I was just like, uh yeah, that's a good question, man. Uh let me think about that real quick. Hold on. Hold on one sec. Fucking just took off, darted out of there, and I'm like, holy shit, got got the fuck out of there right when it got rapey. And uh, just completely took off, stumbled my way home, jumped on the bus, ha- had a transfer. Okay. I did have a transfer, so, you know, th- I wasn't <laughs> was in the, the only thing left in your pocket. Th- there wasn't the complete pit of despair. You know, I was working with a little something and uh, fucking got home, ended up breaking into my house and uh, made it back in one piece, but lost all my shit uh, and almost lost my anal virginity. Good, good. So. Yeah, that was oh man, that was that was like a wake up call. I was like, shit, I might <laughs> might be time to take it, pump the brakes on the old booze in here. Might <laughs> yeah, be need to take it that's, easy. That's pretty intense. It I, was uh, a wild night, dude. I met I met my wife at a gay bar. Um, I have a a friend, uh, gay Tyler. Uh, his name's Tyler, and he's a homosexual. Um, that's why we call him Gay Tyler. But um, he uh, <laughs> um. Invited me out uh, one time um, just to this gay bar, and I was like, yeah, why not? Let's go. And so we went, and I was, uh, unlike you, I went into this sober, uh, which is smart, a, yeah, very smart. a better call, yeah. And uh, But even even sober, I was like, these these folks are having a lot of fun. And there was this like crowd participation-like game that, again, I'm sober, and I decided to involve myself in, yeah. so that I'm up on stage at this gay bar in front of a gay audience and I'm like oh yeah and then it turned into a stripping competition and I got got mostly naked so I'm stripping on stage at a gay bar <laughs> and I have a, uh, a a tramp stamp um tattoo uh on my person and I did at the time um but it's a uh 
how I described it to the tattoo artist when I want, said I wanted. I was like, I want a black and gray rainbow uh, with the word straight written underneath in rainbow lettering just because I want a sexually confusing tattoo. <laughs> so I'm stripping on stage at this gay bar with that tattoo. <laughs> Guys bought me several drinks, you know, hung out with them and, oh, you know, I'll chat with you. And uh, and then I met my wife that night. So <laughs> it was a good time. Good things can come from I it. I mean, I recommend – you know, meeting women at gay bars on the off chance that that might happen. Uh, definitely marry them. Is yeah, that's true. Speaking yeah. from experience. That's true. It shows they got a good attitude at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, and I kind of, again, I was, I was three sheets at this point, but, uh, a lot of a lot of dudes there. I don't I don't even remember seeing any girls to be honest. You know, like yeah. I was scanning the scene. I was I was laying low, I was taking back. And it was a lot of it was a meat market there. Yeah, you know. So the, yeah, if you find a girl, eh, definitely talk to that chick. There's something going on there. But yeah, it was. It, man, I mean, it's a good story at least. You know, I didn't get raped, so that was great. And That's and honestly, positive, yeah. and yeah, and honestly, looking back on the situation, like I take credence in the fact that he didn't just assume I was going to be the giver. Yeah, he was you a know? gentleman like, about he, it. He was at least like, well, so it's going to be you, me, me, you, you know? And I was like, oh, okay. That's polite as okay. shit. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I could have got my dick sucked that night if I wanted to, you know? Yeah. I mean, not quite that desperate yet. Not quite that desperate, but, you know, hey, a couple of years down the line, uh, the time could come. <laughs> so it's good to know I got that kind of, that ace of spades in my back pocket a little bit at least, you know? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> things, things get ugly. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> That's a good story, though. You met your lady at a at a gay bar, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, how many people that are married can say that? Yeah, I love I love when people, especially like you know, from my background, more like uh, conservative people that haven't seen me in a few years, and they're like, "Oh, you know, you're married now. How'd you meet your wife? Oh, you know, stripping on stage at a gay bar." And they go, "What? <laughs> you know, she, that's the gist of it." <laughs> she was very impressed by my sexually confusing tattoo. She thought it was incredibly clever. She was like, "I'm so confused right now." <laughs> They have all kinds of weird emotions. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah. And and you know what? Like looking back on that situation too, like being there, like it actually made me have a little bit more empathy for women. You know, like just it just in general, like, and it also made me feel uh, more accomplished for the handful of times that I have actually been able to wrangle some girl from a bar or whatever club, whatever. And bring her home to my house. Like I feel much more accomplished for that now because it's like that could be a dicey situation if you're a girl. I mean, yeah. if you're not a retard like me and you actually still have your phone and wallet <laughs> and keys, that makes it a little bit easier. But uh, that could, you, I mean, you never know what you're getting into, you know. Yeah. And so it's like I, I, I got a little, little more respect for the ladies as far as that goes, you know. Yeah. But. It, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, I guess you could judge somebody and you you got a vibe, but yeah. I don't know. Guy, but guys are scoundrels, though, and, and that's kind of what it showed me, too. It's like, these guys, they're into sucking dudes' dicks, but they're still just a fucking scoundrel like me at the end of the day who's trying to get their rocks off, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. They're, still, they're still dudes. Yeah. You know? They still have seedy intentions a lot of the time. My, uh... I have a, she's my wife's friend, um, this, this girl that's been our friend for uh, years, and she um, let me basically borrow her identity on, uh, like, 
Tinder or, you know, one of the dating apps. I, I got married like before dating apps were a thing. So I'd never been on one. And she's telling me all these stories about like how guys just immediately start creeping on her. And I was like, oh, really? And she's like, yeah, I'll set you up a profile. So it was just like part, like a picture of like part of her face and then like just some like generic name that wasn't really her name. And she's like, you know, don't lead anyone on. Don't like flirt with anyone. Just see the incoming messages that you get. So I like I had access to this account and I just check it every couple of days. And this one guy started with he sent a picture of and I don't remember what app this was, but he sent a picture of himself and he was a larger chubby man just wearing a diaper and then it said i am diaper boy will you change me and i was like oh this this is some shit that's going on here on these dating websites <laughs> dude that's like a that's a photo shoot yeah like that's a day of like all right yeah. get this costume together yeah. let's play this and eventually maybe one out of every 85 girls we send this to yeah might want to change the diaper yeah oh yeah, that was something else. So I have uh, a lot of respect for women, even if the, I mean, especially if they're on, uh, you know, just just the barrage of dick pics and whatever you get, diaper boy. Yeah, it's intense. That's why online dating is just so can be so fruitless for men. Sometimes you know, it's like there's just a million guys just waiting to fucking push it as hard as they need to to get whatever they want out of it you know and then there's a there's an endless supply of them i mean how are you gonna and and it's tough for us because we still get lumped in with all these guys you know just because maybe my comments a little bit more clever and not as direct as as the baby guy <laughs> you still get lumped in with them you know you're still yeah. just some random dude that's trying to hit this girl up and trying to make something happen yeah and it's like fuck man i what is this even going to lead to at all? You know, like, yeah. do I even want a girl to, to say yes to this? Like, is that even <laughs> something I should want after she saw what? diaper boy and then she sees you and she's like, <laughs> I'll settle for him. <laughs> I, I don't like to change. I don't want to change it. So let's just go with the guy who is yeah. potty trained. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, do I, I mean, if you're going to say yes to this, is this something that I should even be involved with? <laughs> you know, like I hung out with some friends of mine recently and you know, I'm one of the few guys who actually has some female friends. Not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. You know, I still, still trying to figure it out. Um, uh, but nonetheless, I, I got a handful of them and they're, they're good people for sure. But, um, you know, sometimes it like kind of gets a, that line kind of gets a little hazy, you know, and it's like when somebody's trying to go there with you, but you kind of know that they're, what they're hoping for is, pretty unlikely from coming from the situation you know it's like you don't want to lead that person on like yeah. like your friend was telling you like, you don't want to lead these people on and yeah. make them think that you're actually like into them or anything yeah. and it's like kind of want to do that but at the same time like when you're a guy it's like yeah oh, man you know sometimes you just you gotta if you got a shot you gotta fucking go for it so it's kind of hard uh you know trying to be a somewhat good guy and like kind of walk on that line mm -hmm. you know yeah but can be tricky <sighs> i don't know it's because then it's like it changes the whole dynamic, you know. I mean, you guys were able to do the friend to to more than friends transition, and and honestly, I, I still don't even know how you did it. I mean, I guess you you, you kind of know what somebody's got going on enough. I guess I, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, my my wife and I uh, we um, as middle schoolers and in, in seventh and eighth grade lived on the same street. And uh, I asked her out back then. She was the first girl I ever asked out, and I was the first guy she ever dated. And I was like, my friend, 
who is who is my pastor's son was like you gotta ask her out he was apparently the ladies man on our street <laughs> and he's like you gotta ask her out and so he like brought us into his side yard behind the garage and and i was and then he left us alone so it was me and her and i was like will you go out with me and she was like sure and so that meant we held hands after school for like a month and then oh. she and then she broke up with me for some you know like 17 year old with a car and i was devastated um and then like 10 years went by and we kind of had contact off and on and then um we met at this gay bar and so yeah just kind of having a background of a person over the course of 10 years i knew generally who she was and i was like oh you're cool as shit now like and she thought i was worth not dumping a second time so yeah (laughs) The side yard, that's where it always goes down, yeah. on the yeah. side yard. Yeah, the side yard. I know. God, how much of a pussy were you too? Like the first couple times you asked a girl that, you're yeah. just like, oh, me girl. Just like, love, love me, please. You vomit on her shoes. Oh, <laughs> God, yeah, your heart is just like pumping out of your chest before it happens. Yeah. And it's like, what's going to happen? And just the just the you know the standard out of the box, will you go out with me? Nothing else. <laughs> I didn't know what else to say. Yeah. Yeah, no lead, no lead in, no yeah. intro. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, it's like most of the time, what's a girl going to say? I mean, if she in in that situation, like if you guys had some kind of friendship, some kind of, you know, bond, you guys knew each other to a certain extent, like what's she going to say? Like, no, I don't think it's going to work out long term. You know, like, no, they're going to say that. Uh, okay, sure. You know, as long as you don't, like you said, puke on them, like Stan Marsh (laughs) on South Park, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's an interesting story though, man. I, I, I wonder, I read an article recently about, uh, as far as happiness goes, like some of the happiest couples out there are actually uh, couples who, you know, got married early or got together early on and, uh, you know, kind of just went the whole way through and like maybe didn't have a lot of partners and stuff, but stuck together, did all, did the whole thing. And actually those people sometimes end up turn out to be some of the happiest people, which is like, which is weird for me because, you know, I had my point early twenties where I'm like, Oh God. It looks so boring. Like, it's so boring. Hanging out with one person. How stupid is that? Hanging out with just one chick? Yeah, right. But it's like, yeah, but that's, now that I look at it, it's like, that's a little more meaningful, though. You yeah. know, it's like, there's a there's a connection there. It's more than that. I mean, you got to sow those oats to a certain extent, but I don't know. I, I think everybody wants that that meaningful connection at the end of the day, you know, as they, especially as they get older. Yeah. Like like you said earlier, and, and my recommendation is, you get married early young, and then you get divorced. You get that first marriage and divorce out of the way, and then you get married again to the girl that you met in the eighth grade, and then things are pretty golden from there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty standard mode of operation, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. Way to go. No, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, – God, I mean, I, I screwed up all those relationships so bad. There's <laughs> there's no there's no way – no oh, coming shit. back from those ones, you know? And uh, – and I don't know, it's tough too. Cause like once you break up with somebody, it's like, as much as I like to think that I can like, Oh yeah, we can be friends. You know, we can just hang out. It's like, eh, I'm just trying to push my own agenda when I can, you know, sneak something in there. It's like, and, and then what, and then what are you at that point? You're like, I mean, you can be nice about it, but it's, it's still kind of a dirt bag move, you know, yeah. to kind of keep that person around. Cause yeah. you know, girls just catch feelings too easily. And it, I just it, cut people out of my life, honestly. I mean, that's the cleaner way to do it. You know, yeah. it's, and it's tough. Like I hear stories from people like I have a, I have a buddy who just broke up with his girlfriend. They weren't even dating that long. It was only like three or four months, but he went to Boston and like for the, like the two weeks before he took off, he like knew that kind of something felt like it was going on. Something was up. 
and he texted her when he got on the plane. He was like, he's like, please just don't break up with me while I'm gone. And turned his phone off, got to Boston. And when he turned his phone back on, when he got there, got the text message that said, uh, yeah, this isn't working out. And that's <laughs> the, and, and the, and the funny thing to me was like, I was like, Ooh, that's kind of harsh, you know, especially when he was like telling her like, Hey, don't, you know, just, just, just wait, just wait at least, you know? But, uh, didn't they fucking didn't talk again after that you know <laughs> a, t- a text message was sent to end a relationship and and that was it and like, he never even replied like that no <laughs> like that's that's that is that is crazy to me like i couldn't pull that off like like i said i'm too you know three or four weeks goes by and oh hey just checking in just wanted to see him <laughs> you know the fucking stupid bullshit you know like i couldn't do that but it's probably the easier way to go it's probably probably cleaner that way yeah. you know i mean it you just, you really got to be like, I'm never going to see that person again. But yeah, just cut people out. I cut a lot of people out of my life. That's good stuff. <laughs> you just, you only have so much time, mm-hmm. you know, in your life. You realize that as you get older, especially time starts speeding up and you want, again, you want those lasting, you want those lasting relationships, those mm-hmm. lasting connections. And you can't do that with 30, 40, 50 people. Yeah. Exactly. You can't have those meaningful relationships. And it's mm-hmm. like, so it comes to a point where those people on the fringe, yeah, you got to just kind of start, you know, letting them float out to sea like Jack from Titanic. You know, he sank. He didn't float <laughs> well, out. He went well, down. You know, hey, <laughs> I got some big friends. Okay. These people, <laughs> they, they'd be going down if they had a shot. But, but yeah, you just, you, you don't, you can't do it with everybody. And you just got to kind of yeah. pick those few that mm-hmm. are hopefully most important, you know? And comedy has really um, opened me up to being more social um, for years, like from like, I don't know, a year after high school, kind of when I got my own place. Uh, and then I, you know, a couple of years after that, I, I met my wife. And then for, I don't know, several years, it was just me and like my roommates and my work coworkers. And I didn't really go out a lot and stuff. And then my wife and I got married. And then it was just me and my wife and I'd go to work and I'd come home and I'd hang out with her. And I was just very, you know, not a lot of, uh, socializing. And then I started comedy and it kind of got me out of that bubble, but I still am very much, um, when I'm home, I'm super introverted. I don't talk to a lot of people. I don't, I don't have a lot of friends. Um, I go out to shows and I, I socialize and I network and things like that. Um, but, um, Outside of that, I'm just by myself at home. <laughs> it takes it takes a lot of effort, man. It takes a lot of effort for you know to keep those lasting relationships together. And yeah. it's like, and you don't you don't want to be the one that's putting in all the effort. You know, you don't want to be doing the lion's share of it. You want to kind of see that there's a blend on each side. But but yeah, it it, it takes a lot of work. And mm-hmm. some people you're just like, you know what, this person they're they're a good person. Mm-hmm. They're a good person, but you know, I just just can't put them in. And and unfortunately. As you get older, too, it's just kind of like, it sounds kind of crude, but you really get to the point where you're like, eh, like I said, like, that's that per- that's a good person, but I don't have time for them in my life. Yeah. So, you know, sorry, you're, you're out, you know, nothing personal. Yeah. It's just, it just, I just can't fit it in. It's just not making mm-hmm. sense, you know, and especially like you, you're married, you know, maybe if you have a kid or whatever, like those people take up a lot of the time and there's not a lot to go around. Like I've had that issue, you know, with family members who, you know, they're just so wrapped up in their own thing that 
even any time at all is like, oh geez, you're yeah, and and that makes you're it, sacrificing two hours, you know, to hang out with me. That that means something if if they're that busy of a person. Yeah, but at the same token, you know, it's like, geez, man, you know, you can't. Is it is it that difficult to yeah. you know find a couple hours? Like, That's true. <laughs> I don't know. It's tricky. It, it's a weird one, and and you know, somebody was telling me this the other day, and it was like a good point. I never really never really thought about it, but it kind of. But when it comes to relationships, like everyone's in the entire world is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, no two relationships are exactly the same. Like you have how many ever relationships with how many ever people in your life, but none of those are the exact same. They're all kind of tweaked to those specific standards. And, mm-hmm. you know, we could be friends with somebody else. And, but the way that each of us, our friendships go is completely different. Mm-hmm. Like that's insane to me. And that's maybe what's kind of keeps it hard to try to please so many people at one time. You know, mm-hmm. it's the fact that it's, you got to fine tune all of it. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of slightly a different person. Like I have friends just for different like facets of my personality, basically. Like you have, you know, you have friends that have shared this interest or friends that share that interest. And so you have, you you know, friends that you can just be that, you know, small, narrow segment of your personality with. And then you go hang out with someone else and you're a totally different aspect of still the same person. But it's like, oh, I, you know, I make my you know, my crude whatever jokes with this person and I talk about bikes with this person and I, you know, like, uh, especially like with coworkers, you just have, you know, that one thing that you connect on with like with a coworker and that's yeah. just, that's just the thing you talk about. Yeah, and there's you guys nothing else. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, it is. I mean, it's just, again, it's so crazy to me. Like they're, they're all completely different and you know, it's like you try to, you try to create something, you know, you try to make a specific thing like, Oh, you know, I want to be this kind of friend with this person and this and that. And it's just, it never, it never works the way that you want it to. You know, it's like, I feel like there's always those people in your life that you're always kind of pursuing them. You know, you're always like trying to catch up and trying to pursue them because they're always kind of eh, going a little bit different direction. And you just kind of see to yourself, this is an important person. I want to be around them, but mm-hmm. you know, you can never quite get to exactly where you want to be with them, you know? I almost got, got these fucking, I, I leave one banana peel <laughs> laying around too long. You get 1,800 fruit flies in Mr. your house. Mr. Miyagi catching these flies out of the air over <laughs> Jeez, here. Jeez, I, I mean, I have to. It's it's going to be a genocide just to <laughs> get this place back under, out of rebel control. But, well, you know, we, this has been a good one here, Brady, but uh, I don't know. We are getting a little late here. Might be time to... Tie a little bow on this puppy. Cool. Sounds yeah, good. you got you got, chat, you got you got a little bit of a drive. Unfortunately, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> you got a little bit of a drive in, in front of you. But uh, yeah, good getting you on here, man. Uh, like we said, it's uh, you know I I definitely respect the hustle, man. You know you like you said you do what you got to do. I mean you take it how you can and you do the best you can and uh, definitely respect and appreciate that about you. You know I mean you come down here to do a two hour show and shit you got yeah. two plus hours of fucking driving just to be a part of that yeah. so uh yeah hour and a half each way yeah i don't know where, I, I don't know where you got it man but uh you know keep that fire going because cool. that's where it's at god and that's and i feel like that is like the most crucial thing you lose as you start to get older mm-hmm. you know that burning desire in you to put yourself in those adverse situations and be uncomfortable and mm-hmm. kind of get crazy you know it's like how do you how do you harness that and how do you hold on to it and it's got to be it's got to be something you're passionate about because I would have never like I said I'm I'm pretty much a shut-in and I never would have gotten out of the house 
if I didn't care about comedy, but I do. So that's that's why I stay up all night and go to work the next day and then do it again the following night. I just love doing it. But yeah. uh, comedy is good too, like you're saying, like as far as like the socializing aspect, like you, you know, you meet people, you're hanging out with people. These people aren't going to be your best friend. You, you realize that. But you can enjoy the time that you spend with them and you can enjoy the fact that you guys have common pursuits, you mm-hmm. know, and you're going along the same thing. And you just you take that time that you have, that hour, two hours that you have that show, and you just you get the camaraderie going and you guys are just enjoying life. Mm-hmm. You know, and again it's it's comes back to like we were talking earlier as far as religion goes, you know, just, just do what's gonna make you happy and do what's gonna make you want to be a good person, you know. And if yeah. comedy and telling jokes in front of strangers is that thing. Fucking do it, you know. You should, uh, you should get that shroom story. Speaking of which, you should get that uh, into a joke form here because that was that was pretty epic. Cool, yeah, I, a- I, I, yeah, I tell that sometimes, but not uh, only when when I have enough time because it's like a five minute story. That's but... true. Yeah, it takes a little bit of time. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll tease that one for the, for the next episode. Cool. We'll get you on, Sounds Brady. Good. Yeah, the shroom story. We'll we'll come back to that. But uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Earful in the Emerald City. We appreciate you guys being here. Uh, episode number eighty five. Brady Sequels, did I say that right? You did. I said it right. Sequels. All right. It's, a, it's a little. Impressive. It's a little bit of a tricky one. No it's one a, gets that right first try. Hey, you know, I, I did a little, little, I did a little research. You know, <laughs> I, I looked you. I googled you. Cool. I looked into it. You guys, you guys do the same. Check him out. Uh, he's out. Of, he's out of Bellingham, but he's a good local comedian here. Like I said, he's definitely got the hustle. So you can't knock him for that. But uh, yeah, don't knock us either here, guys. But uh, we got to wrap this up. Thank you for listening. Uh, Earful in the Emerald City. We uh we'll keep it we're keeping it going here, you guys. You know, let us know what you think. Uh hit us up uh on Twitter. Marcus is still doing the thing. Man, that guy knows how to trigger feminists. I tell you. He is he the guy is ruffling some serious feathers over there, but I, I, I enjoy it. It's fun to watch, you know? I, I that's it's so hard to get your opinions across to people online that it comes to a point where yeah, you just start trolling people and it's like it's more fun and it's almost more effective too, you know, because if you See, let them see their ridiculous ways through their own, you know, rose-colored glasses. Sometimes, maybe the big, you know, what maybe that is kind of silly. Maybe that is kind of silly. Maybe we don't need transgender people in the military. Maybe we'll be fine without that. They don't. I mean, they don't even let flat people, foot people in the military. You know, so I don't know. But that's for the next episode. Thank you guys for joining us. Earful in the Emerald City. Uh, we appreciate you guys being here. Hope you enjoyed, and uh, we will speak with you guys next week. <laughs>